Right, good evening. Uh, it's the third episode of the quarantine hotline. My nine-year-old corrected me. I used to say quarantine, but apparently it's quarantine in English. You have to pardon my English. Uh, so tonight, for the third of these sessions of calls, I inform my interviews, we have, we're going to give a call Rob True, who is a writer, he's uh, here in London, not far from where I am. I think he's in Edmonton. I will ask him. He can correct me when I speak to him. Uh, Rob is an amazing writer. He is uh, uh, the author of a fantastic book, which is called Gospel of Aberration. Uh, I read this book last year. I was familiar with Rob's work because I saw him read. Uh, in a couple of places, um, open pen uh, parties, things like that. Uh, and it struck me like a very, very interesting guy. Very interesting writing and not the, what you would um, expect, you know, like uh, the usual kind of uh, voice or writing. So it's a very, very, very peculiar writer. And um, this book, Gospel of Oration, is fantastic. It's been published by um, Burning House Press, who are doing, they have a magazine and, and they published Rob's book and um, I think he went out of print twice already so that already says a lot about a book and uh, yeah well we I like the book so much so much that last year we decided with the magazine with minor literature to 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 make a phony a fake prize to give it to him you know because I, we thought that this book re really really needs to be read, it needs to be out there, and, uh, and I hope more people get to know this book through this interview, and I mean, if not, you should really, I mean, promote, I, I think, I, I like to promote Rob's work, but, but I think people should really more, it's fantastic. So, right, I'm going to give him a call, let's see if he answers the phone, Cordial. And I turn on the music. Hello. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? How are you, my man? You okay? I'm all right. Thanks for answering. You know, it's always, I have this fear that one day I will call and they will leave me hanging. And they won't... <laughs> I did imagine that could happen. It was a risk of doing this live with you, you know. <laughs> Man, it's a pleasure to, to, to give you this call and, and, and have an informal talk with you, you know. You know, I don't know if you were listening, but I was praising your work. You know, very. I told you so many times I like your work very much. I admire your writing. I said... You know, I'm a, I'm a victim of sometimes uh, I'm a very enthusiastic Latin American. So I said things that uh, probably they seem, they sound like very bombastic. But I said to you, you're probably the only person should be allowed to write the first person. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's more or less um, the, the, the voice. Well, you write in the first person as well. Yeah, well, I shouldn't be allowed. I shouldn't be allowed to write in the first no, person. No, 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 I like, I like your stories. <laughs> Man, listen, um, Gospel of Adoration, I was checking the site, it's out of print again, it's sold out. 
No, it's it's um no, it's it's, it's not sold out again. It's it's sold out and then it's it's available now. Okay, it's available now, right? So then we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have a few links on the on the on the on the site and on yeah. the, on Twitter so people can get it. Okay, cool. I thought it had sold out again. So okay, so you no you, no. When it went sold out last year and you did a new edition this year and it's been yeah. uh, you're selling well. I mean, it's it's getting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think like everything else, this um, Corona thing has sort of affected it a bit. But what Corona thing, man? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Listen, I was I uh, trying to figure out, you know, how to talk about this book, and the first thing I did is I tried to, you know, the idea of gospel. This idea of gospel is something that is a, is a either the teachings of Christ or something that is an ultimate well, truth. It truth. Yeah, right? truth. Yeah. So why the name? Why why and why the aberration? Gospel of aberration. Well, aberration means, from what I understand, it just means like sort of like horrible strangeness, something like that. So it just means like the truth of horrible strangeness. Yeah, there is a in the book. It's a, it's a very there is a lot of horror. Yeah, there is a there is yeah. a, for for from sometimes. I mean, it's like a very affable. Funny, but there are some terms in the book that really, really scare you very much. I don't know. I, uh, like, yeah. is that you? Do you do you, do you want to write like, uh, like horror stories, or you find yourself writing that? How do you arrive at the book? Yeah, very much. I mean, like I said, it's funny as well. So, uh, well that's what I try, try to do. That with um, like that, that trying to get across that sense of horror. But also how funny things are, you know, even when it's so bleak and disgusting, uh, you know what I mean? It's still funny. Yeah. It's still so funny about the awkward and sad condition of human nature, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And why, why do you choose the first person for these stories? Um, why? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but I suppose... Sometimes it, it, I, I just tend to go with what works better okay. at the time. Some, sometimes, sometimes a story can be told better from third-person point of view. Sometimes it's quite good comes over, I think, from first-person. Yeah, but there is a lot of first-person. First you know, like, if, if I think it works telling it, like, uh, straight from the... Um, straight from the protagonist's mouth, as yeah. it were. I think sometimes that works better. And, 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 and the, I, I mean, uh, what I notice is like, um, there is like uh, the repetition of certain characters. What's the name, Troy? Is that the name or I remember wrong? Theron. Theron, that's it, Theron, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so that guy comes up a lot in the book, yeah? But yeah, that... so that's the, that, that, is the, that is the main protagonist all the way through the book. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just call him Ron for sure. Oh, uh, okay. Is that the same guy? I was going to ask. That's the same one, yeah. It's, uh, all the same, it's all the same one. Okay. So it's just about it's just about this guy from in certain parts parts of his life and pe the people around him. And uh, and uh, and the stories they come up as uh, together. Or you wrote him over time. Is a project born as a whole all at once, or do you do it over time? How how, how did it happen? Um, well, it came over quite a long time, really, because <laughs> I started writing them when I started writing. Yeah. So I started writing quite late in life, so <laughs> I was just learning how to write and that, and uh, 
I started just started writing things down based on things that happened to me in the past. Okay. And um, <laughs> some of those stories are based on true events. Some of them are made up. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say which or which because it get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just started writing them down, and, and over over a period of what I don't know, seven years, I think. Oh, okay, wow, that's a long project. Yeah, and and when you say you you, I mean, I I read this somewhere else. I think probably in the interview that Sean did uh, with you for for Minor Literature, well, this is going to be hosted by the way, but that you arrive at writing quite late. Yeah, is that what you said? You you started writing writing quite yeah. late in life. Why do you start writing? I mean, uh, it's uh, always a good question, you know? Why do we write? Do you know what? I've, I always had the feeling to write all through my life, but the problem was is I, I couldn't really write when I was young. I, I couldn't read or write very well. And um, I didn't do well at school or nothing. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, I left school with no qualifications and... <laughs> I went through life not really reading much and I started to try and read and that and then gradually got better at it. And uh, by the time I was 40, I thought, I thought I wouldn't, because cause what it was, I was telling people stories down the pub and people were saying, you should buy a book, man. <laughs> so I thought, why not? I've always had a sort of feeling to do it, but never been able to do it. Yeah. So I started to try and do it. And of course it was rubbish at first. As it would be, yeah. But um, I've always had, I've always had, I've always been creative in my mind. Yeah. Even if I haven't, I've not produced anything, but in my mind, I was creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, that—that's what you're saying about telling these stories to people in the pub. I mean, that feeling is in the story, in the in the book. You know, they 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 seem really, really connected to some kind of oral past, these stories. Yeah, them? definitely, that's where they come from, 100%. Yeah. That's where they come from, because like, I'll be turning people down the path, things that happened, and, you know... Uh, and do you make up it. things also when you tell stories? Do they change slightly when you repeat the same stories? You know, because I find sometimes that I go, friends, I, we, go, we know that there are a couple of funny stories and we always tell the same stories, but they change slightly over time, you know, and they become more and more... <laughs> Magical realism in a way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think they were. I think they were. I think they were pretty true to what happened. The thing is, a lot of the things that happened were um, based on a lot of illness stuff experienced through my life. So a lot of it was distorted through hallucination and things like that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that that's also very much present in the book. Yeah, like uh, struggle with mental health. Yeah. 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 And, and do you yeah. think that's that's been a, a driving force for you, or something that you were trying to write against, fighting it? What, what, how would you? I just wanted to convey it, you know. I just wanted to get that sense of voice. What what I tried to write it through the through the eyes of of someone experiencing that. Yeah, I think that's why first person often works quite well, because even when it's third person, I tend to write quite close. Yeah. So even if it's third person, I tend to write sort of through the eyes of the protagonist still, do you know what I mean? Yeah, how do you feel writing about personal things in the first person? You know, I always feel, uh, you know, with my own writing, people many times 
they tend to assume that all the things I write are myself, you know, even because I use the first person. And uh, and sometimes yeah. I do find that I end up probably writing the worst parts of my characters in the first person. I don't know if it's masochism or what, you know. But, but... Yeah, I don't know. I know what you mean. I, I do that as well. But I think... Um... <clears throat> I think I think you're just trying to convey human nature, isn't you? I I I, no. I do like the first person. I think he has like a kind of proximity that you cannot. Non, it's not easy to achieve writing in the third person past tense, you know. Whereas the present uh, first person for me seems to be quite effective in 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 that immediacy, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I think they both I think they both work in different levels. Like right? I think they work for different things. It's sometimes. Because sometimes like, you want to describe other things, don't you, that aren't through the third, through the protagonist eyes. Yeah. So in that case, you've got to do it third person. But I think it just depends on the story and what works better. I remember one of the stories in the book. I'm sorry, I don't have the book here because I left it in my in the office, and because of all this nonsense, you know, I can't go to the office, you know. But there was yeah. a there was a story of the guy who sees something in the palm of his hand. You remember that one? He did what? He he has a like a sort of hallucination and sees something in the palm of his hand. You remember? It's a very short. It's probably the shortest story in the book. Do you remember that one? Uh, he opens the palm of the hand and sees something in the in the middle of it. I can't see what that is. I mean, I don't want to give it away, but it's an asshole. You remember? He he has an asshole in the palm of his hand. Oh. Um... It's, it's a very short one. I don't know if you've got Yeah, that. I think I know which one you mean. If you can find it and read that one. Shall I find it? Shall I find it? It was like two uh, one third into a book, something like that. I remember it was uh, quite at the beginning of the book. Otherwise, if it's not that one, do you want to read any short short story for us? So so people can yeah, get I'll it. I'll read you one out anyway. Go on, read any. That would be great. All right, because I'm going to struggle finding the next one. It's next week, so I take yeah. the to find things. <coughs> read any you want. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the first one in the book because it's nice and short. And it's, uh, it's quite a good one, I think. <coughs> Oh, it's called Up the Silver Cord. <laughs> Ferrell returned to his body to find his mouth trailing off a sentence that had not been spoken by himself. He only caught the last bit, something about chopping a donkey climbing a hillside. But it stopped as he reappeared inside his head, faced with a few people looking blankly at him. It weren't me who said that, he offered, by way of explanation of whatever strangeness had just spewed from his lips. As though something else talking through him was any less odd. The others looked embarrassed. He'd had this before, disappearing and then coming back to his body with no idea where he'd been in between, just patterns from memory. But that was the first time he'd been aware of his head saying something when he got back in. Oh well. He looked around to make sure none of the vultures had taken anything, put another big stone on the pipe, lit it and licked it in one go. Holding the clouds down, he looked at shadow spiders crawling around him and then exhaled. Later, the others had left bar one. Little Dan soldiered on through the weird wide atmosphere for the handouts. Thurman stood at the window, checking for what? Please, maybe. 
he sat down, stood again, looking out, and there he was, a man staring straight up at him. Look at that geezer down there, Ferris said, eyes showing fear. Little Dan peered out, but there was no one there. Where? Look down there. He's not even hiding. There's nobody there, mate, little Dan said, the sly grin spreading. Ferrin rubbed his face, unsure of everything. He sat down, took another lick on the pipe, and inside his bone box cinema, playing on the loop, Stan Laurel was saying, We're not us, we're two other fellas. Back at the window, he watched, staring out. There was a long limbed, naked alien creature sitting on a deck chair, pretending to read a book, or spying on him. Ferrin stepped back from the glass in horror. Look down there, tell me that monster ain't sitting there. Seeing little Dan's mouth and nose extending out like a dog's snout, he punched him straight in the face. You're fucking one of them. Ferrin swayed slightly, gazing at his knuckles, wondering if the small man he'd just knocked down was real. Little Dan got up, dazed and wiped the blood across his upper lip. Feeling the attack was worth what he'd been giving to him all day and night, he thought better of complaining. He saw Ferrin setting up another bone on the glass. Why don't you stop doing that and have something to calm down? Ferrin looked at him a moment, checking he wasn't a threat, and reached for the spoon and syringe. Yeah, I know. He cooked the fix and shot himself up a smooth landing. Face slackened, losing a mad grimace. He slumped in his chair. Little Dan looked on, hopeful of another free ride from the skits over all the tickets. Patron saint of lost losers and lunatics. Yeah. Excellent. What's the name of the story of this one? That one was called Up the Silver Cold. Up the Silver Cold, right. Cool. Yes, I remember uh, there, there is a lot of these kind of short stories about like things that happen to reduce number of characters. They seem to be they, they're quite, quite indoor stories, some of them. But there's one that really I, I recall that really struck me. It's a guy who is trying, uh, it's quite a long one, he's trying to cross a tunnel somewhere. Oh yeah. Outside yeah. London. That's terrifying man. That that story made me gave me nightmares, man. It's it's really it's horrible in in the sense of uh, really really scary. What's the name of yeah. that one? That's called the Long Dark Tunnel. Okay. It's uh that's really realistic man. I don't know where you took the <laughs> the ideas from hopefully it didn't happen to you because it's very scary. Yeah, that, that that did actually happen. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. That, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's based on a true story. How long were you in that tunnel, man? Hours. <laughs> it's, it's the longest tunnel in South East England. <laughs> and you had to wait for the trains to pass and then hide? And... Yeah. Oh, my God. Because I, I was out in the head, I didn't think about the cargo trains late at night. Oh, my God. That's so really I scary. went in there thinking the trains had stopped. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're lucky to be here, man. Yeah, we've had a few other occasions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, tell me, you put these stories together, you, do you send them to other places? Do you how, how did you end up with Burning House Press? Well... I know you published with Open Pen, I, I read some stories in the Yeah, magazine. yeah, I, I, I actually published that one, I just read with Open Pen. Okay. And then, uh, I sent a couple out a few places. Got had, had a few stories in a few different places. Uh, Lee Trail magazine. Okay. In fact, that one that was I just read you. They wanted it in Granta magazine. Oh Lily wow. Dunn, Lily Dunn sent it to Granta, 
because they, they, they sent me a contract saying that it can't be published anywhere else. And of course, it had already been published in Open Pen. Okay. So I said to say that I'm Ray can't have it. Oh, well, you know, they, they will regret it in the end. Then what? <laughs> Man, uh, and then so. Uh... Burning House Press took it as a book, and they, and they... Yeah, I sent a few stories to Mickey Angel at Burning House Press, yeah. and um, he, he liked them, and he said, you've got more of these, and I said, yeah, I've got bundles, and he goes, can I look, and he said, um, I'll start putting out books, so I said, all right then, let's, let's do a book. And that's how the book happened, amazing. That's how it happened, yeah. Cool. And, and do you have to do extra work to fit the stories together, or they fit already, already quite well? Yeah, a little bit, because, um, like, obviously he edited it and everything, but he, he, because I've written them over a few years, like, from, obviously from when I first started writing, yeah. <clears throat> some of them were at various standards yeah. of capability. Okay. So he said to me, look, all these old ones, I want you to get them up to scratch to the same standard as the ones you've written now. I see. So before I gave them all to him, well, after I gave them to him, like after he said that, I wrote them all again. Right, so you had to do some rewriting. Well, that, that's normal with, with, if you're publishing stories that you wrote over a long period of time, you know, there, yeah. there's always going to be some work to be done so it fits like a unit. Excellent. Yeah, he was really good to work with me. He, 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 so he got me to write them all again, and then, and then uh, he edited it, and then it was ready. Excellent. I mean, and, and, and you, I mean you, you don't come from the kind of usual background in, in writing, you know, in the sense of, uh, of what you would expect, you know. You're quite an unusual character in the literary scene. How do you feel about that? You, you belong to some kind of scene? Do you feel on your own? Are you part of some... Circle. I've always felt like a bit. I've always felt a bit on the outside of everything. Anyway, with my life, do you know what I mean? But yeah. Probably because of my illness, but I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I get, I get on with everyone. Yeah. I don't know what they make of me, but I feel like I get on with people. But um, it's just whether people are interested in you or not, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there, I mean, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I think there is some, some there are people who are attuned to the kind of things you write and the kind of, of background you have. I think things are getting better in a way, you know. Still, liter literature is very much a boys club, you know, where it's very hard to get in and uh, you need to be middle class or, or posh or, and having a, a second uh, income that you don't need to declare is always helpful, you know, uh, or coming yeah. from money. But, but I think at least uh, in the in the indie world, I think there are more places now where you can publish. Don't you think that? Or I don't know how you yeah, feel. Yeah, I've got quite an unusual sort of literary background because I've spent most of my life either unemployed or working on building sites. Yeah. So I'm unemployed again now. Well, it's a difficult moment. We're all at the moment, but I've been, I've been off work for about a year and a half now. Because of you, you had back problems, didn't you? No, I've got, I'm sick in the head, mate, so I've got uh, to get signed off again. How are you, and how are you coping now with all this corona nonsense we're going through? Are you okay? Yeah, not too bad. To be honest, it's, it, it, it's took the pressure off, mate. I didn't want to do anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I've written a couple of stories. Are you I'm working still... now? Are you writing? You're, you're writing new stuff? Not much, but I've written a couple of bits. 
Um, like everyone else seems to be at the minute, I'm not really producing very much, but <laughs> I wrote something the other day. Well, do you know, mate, I mean, maybe it's not a moment for being proactive now. You know, this is a conversation we had with Scott uh, on the first episode of this. Uh, there is a, this demand that we need to make use of this situation to productively, and I think that's bullshit, man, because it's... Like, no, I think it's bullshit at all, man. It's what's going on. It's mental, isn't it, man? We, yeah, exactly. We, we're looking at... I mean, I'm, I'm in a constant state of rage, man, with all this uh, the unnecessary death of people, you know, and, and how... The, the already the media are like trying to cushion the fall from from this fucking bastard we got as prime minister you know it's so it's so it's, it's a very I'm difficult not moment. Take much notice of it because I just get stressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, well I don't blame you. Things like writing and that, I just take it as it comes. You know what I mean? If, if it's there, it's there. If it ain't, so what? So what you were? I mean, in terms of you doing bits and bobs, or you have any project that is taking shape, or any? I sent I, I sent something to Scott as it goes talking about Scott because <laughs> he because he, he, he it's funny as it goes because he said uh, he's doing a, a poo anthology, right? Oh yeah, he loves so I wrote a story about shit in my pants, <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it to him, and then I didn't hear nothing about it. I thought, well, maybe he was just joking, and I thought I'd mug myself off like sending him a story about shit in myself for nothing. <laughs> I'm sure he'll like. That. that sounds like his yeah. cup of tea or cup of poo oh. let's say <laughs> <laughs> right man are, are, you, are you reading any 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 stuff now are you, are you doing... I've been reading loads as it goes yeah I've been reading that's mostly what I've been doing yeah me too man I've been catching up on my to read list which was ridiculous man. I read a good book the other day which one it's called Jones oh yeah it sound, rings, rings a bell mate yeah, yeah. Let's log, let's let, let's log roll together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good as it goes. I enjoyed that. Good man, good. I hope you enjoy that. Read yeah. another book. So I read another book um, for Mickey Angel as well. Oh, he's good man. His poetry is Boy, amazing. Boy Beastry. Which one is I that? I don't normally read poetry, but this is something else. I saw him live in an open pen, I think, uh, that one, you remember in uh, yeah. Stedney Green or somewhere around there, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, yeah, that, he was amazing, man. He's an, uh, I'm thinking of doing one of these calls with him and talk about Burning House Press and his work. Yeah. Where is uh, he yeah. now? He's in Birmingham, yeah? He lives in Birmingham. Nottingham. Nottingham. Okay, wrong, yeah. wrong place. Well, it's still... Yeah, cool. Right, man, listen, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, man. Yeah, man, playing cool. I want I want to read more work by you, man. You need to get some some other book ready. I've written a longer I've written a longer piece, so I've been writing that. Um, okay. So hopefully that get published at some point. Okay, is that longer like a novel, like what? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, like a short novel. Okay, cool. Well, when you're ready to announce that, let's do something, man. Yeah. I know we're not going to give you again the Manor Literature Prize this year, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, that was cool. <laughs> it was, like I said, you know, when before calling you, we, 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 we wanted to bring attention to that book, you know, because, uh, I mean, both Sean and I, we think it's an amazing book, man. Thank you. Thank it, it was just like uh, to, to get some attention, and I hope you enjoy also the dialogue we have with Sean trying to yeah. piss people off. You know, yeah, that's super it's sad. nice as well because I've never won anything my whole life. Well, there you go, man. You got the first one, a literature surprise. Yeah. <laughs>
Right, man. I'll let you go. I will put this on the site uh, magazine on Wednesday. Send me the links to the book so people can can buy it, man. Because I I really I think it needs to be read. Your work, man. Cheers, okay. man. We'll do. Take care and have a good evening, my man. Take care, yeah. And you, mate. Peace. Bye. Good night. See you later. Ooh, that was rock true. I didn't ask him where he's living now. I think he's still at Monta. We're gonna ask him another time. Um. Right, so I will put this um, this the audio of today's call, uh, tonight's call. I'm gonna put it on Wednesday on the magazine. You can listen if you want to listen to it again, or recommend someone to listen. It's also going to be on my Periscope, and uh, we'll uh, add the links to the to the book. I think if you Google Burning House Press, who is the press that publishes uh, raw. Uh, Rob's Gospel of Adoration, you can find probably the book there, but otherwise you'll find it on the map. And really, that's it, we're gonna keep it short today. I, I was at the beginning playing some music uh, from my hometown, Rosario, Argentina, the musician's called Charlie Egg, and uh, the song is called Hypno Caina, uh, from, what's the name of the album? I can't remember, but I will put it on the minor literature's page as well. It's a uh, Creative Commons license is amazing music, so I will leave you with that. And uh, probably next Monday, I don't know who we're gonna talk to, but we will talk to someone. Uh, as long as this quarantine continues, we will keep calling people to see how they're doing and introduce the work and whatever it is they're doing. So, uh, oh, Andrew Galex, I I'm trying to get him to do one of these. Let's see if we can manage. And uh, anyway, wherever you are, guys, stay safe, stay healthy and sane. And we'll, it will come to an end too. Okay, see you next time.